Well, welcome back to the Kinetic Believers Haven for Insights, Miss Meg. Good to be here. KBs, look, if you don't know, if you don't know what to choose, choose life. If you don't know what to think, think abundance. If you don't know what to say, speak encouragement. Champion yourself and others rather than, it doesn't matter if they champion you or not. We are in the business to champion all others. Celebrate and edify your exquisite self and do it with positive words of gratitude. We are so glad to have everybody back with us today and to be back with everybody else as well. I feel kind of wound up. I feel a little coiled a little, kind of tight. You, you, and you are. I can attest to that. <laughs> can't be held responsible. <laughs> Text the word kinetic to 844-844-0049, and we'll send you an occasional encouraging message. StephenCanyon.com is the website, and you can follow us on Instagram at Stephen Canyon. And be sure to you, that you subscribe to this podcast. People are listening all over the world, Miss Maggie. They really are. From, from London to... to Albania and Russia and Australia and all over the United States. Yes. So we bought some house plants. <laughs> it's all or nothing with us, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> we haven't had house plants in a long time because of how much we travel. Yeah. But we did it, and um, they. <laughs> I, I, well, and and for those of you you know watching the video of this, um, <laughs> there are so many plants behind me, and then. Um, that's can, a fit, that's called a fiddle leaf, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah, but <laughs> I think we <laughs> went a little I, crazy. That's all I know. <laughs> but you know, they bring nature indoors, and even though we smell. travel a lot, I think we figured out a way to keep them watered. What was it? Somebody told us yesterday. The lady at the health food store. She said, "You can. They're easily resurrected." Is that what she said? Oh well, she was making the comparison to having plants versus children. She said, "Well, you can easily resurrect a plant." <laughs> That's it. So, but you know, they, 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 they produce and actually they promote a sense of, of calm and peace in the interior of your space. Mm. And I got to tell you, they absolutely improve air quality. You can tell it when we walk through the door. This is true. It's like we're in a rainforest, especially those fiddle leaves. They're huge. When you can smell it when you walk in the door, right? You can smell a difference. Mm-hmm. I know this is kind of an offshoot, but it just made me, that this conversation reminded me of an article that I saw this morning. Um, I think it was just the talk about clean air and oxygen, but this man just, uh, he just made the world record for living underwater for 100 days. Uh, 100 days. And 100 days. How was anything scuba, left of him? I don't know. He's in scuba gear. I mean, I, I turn into a prune after an hour in the pool. <laughs> you can really take a bath. <laughs> Isn't that wild? I think so. How do you? I mean, you have to be know. like you have to be amphibious or something, right? <clears throat> yeah, I I don't I don't know, but but um, anyways, fresh air, clean air, good oxygen. <laughs> well, you know, in all seriousness, finding ways to foster a connection to the natural world, mm. be it getting into the into the pool, maybe not for a, a hundred days, bringing plants <laughs> into your space, whatever it is, to keep that connection going and get out of the concrete jungle and back into the natural world. That's true. We are the most vulnerable to manipulation when we lack conviction. And I think conviction begins with the determination to continue to rewild ourselves into the natural world. Mm. And by doing so, I think that we also remain in touch with our authentic selves much easier in a much easier manner. And so, um, and and we talk about manipulation, the greatest threat to manipulation is self-manipulation. 
vulnerable to manipulating ourselves into the uh, inauthentic. And what's that song? I'm the problem. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The anthem of (laughs) all of us. Yes. Yes. Well, here's the thing in talking about houseplants. I didn't want to do it. We didn't, I didn't want to bring houseplants indoors because I didn't have the conviction to do so. Right. And, and, and it requires you, you have to get you have to become convicted in the right way to do something because it's not necessarily going to work out if without the conviction um, you're not going to in the same sense eat right without conviction you're not going to 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 work out or exercise or a forest bathe choose whatever it is you've got to have conviction first mm-hmm. so um, to live well requires conviction and I think I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And I'm ca- catching up with you, too, because I think I was assuming we would chew the fat a little bit here at the beginning. And you're just you're you're gone, Steve. I'm catching up with you. Oh, I, I think I am chewing fat here. I, <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about like silly things for a minute. I'm like, whoa. Well, okay, we can still, I got it. We can still I'm do with you. that. No, I'm there, with you. there are silly convictions if you think about it. Ah, this is this is true. Like you used to wear two different kind of socks. Well, that wasn't a conviction. That was a laundry Oh, problem. I wasn't very good at laundry in college. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought it was some so, conviction. Oh, no. <laughs> well, there's our silly talk. There's the silly talk. <laughs> You're like, can we move on now? <laughs> All right. Well, okay. But when we talk about conviction, mm-hmm. selling yourself into the idea of something and to promote it to the extent that I know this is going to be good for me. This is, this brings us right back in full circle around to kinetic belief journaling, which is so vital because it it shepherds me into a world that's been articulated by my higher self mm-hmm. rather than my egoic self. And do you see conviction as something that is naturally occurring within a person leading them in a certain direction or is this something that we are cultivating within self? I see conviction as something that comes from higher self because the the ego of self will follow after feelings which lack conviction. Mm. In other words, it's instant gratification where there's really no conviction in that. Mm. So in, in other words, the world will ask you who you are. And if you don't know who you are, then the world is going to tell you who you are. If you don't wow. know what your convictions are, the world is going to give you plenty of labels or even a few and put you into a box and say, this is the the way we see you to be articulated in the the uh, realm of society. How dangerous, right? How dangerous to leave it up to anyone other than yourself to to set those expectations and to define that piece of you, that identity portion of you. And I like the word dangerous because it sh- we should look at it as being dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous to our natural self, dangerous to our higher self, dangerous to losing this limited amount of time that we have on this earth to... Um, anything other than our authentic purpose. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's dangerous. And so this is where guided journaling answers all of those questions. For example, who am I? Uh, which is fundamental to to receiving the, the guidance is into the light of who we are. Mm-hmm. And we've got to get our thoughts straight regarding this most fundamental existential question. Because when we do this, it's our inner self and inner stance that then puts a demand on the manifestation of our unique identities. Mm. Now, one way to consider this, Meg, is whatever we are looking for, 
is also looking for us. But if we don't put an action to our belief system, then we will just, you know, like so many people, we just uh, become inactive and we sit around and we do nothing and we become habitual uh, creatures in these patterns that, that continue to recycle themselves, thereby missing whatever it is out there in the universe that's looking for us, looking for a place to manifest our uh, greater purpose. Mm. So what we do is we fashion our expectations out of word crafting of our identity through our journaling. And then the wisdom of our higher self takes root and it grows in order to develop itself into this vacuum that we've created by casting down all of these uh, negative imaginations. Yeah, this concept of like calling to like, it makes you way more aware of the frequency that you're putting out. And it really reveals that you you have to have that that same frequency of the thing that you're desiring, or it can't. It's gonna you're gonna sort of pass in the night. <laughs> um, and so just having that awareness, and and I guess that goes back to this this level of commitment that you're talking about, committing to the. I'm sorry, you said convicted, the level of conviction. Um, and so that's going to play into even create, because the frequency, that's a very real, real world scenario that is the byproduct of the emotions that you're allowing or that you're cultivating. And so as being aware of like calling to like, and, and you are desiring the thing that is coming to you, um, it just seems like frequency is going to play a huge, huge part in that. Frequency is, is vinyl and, it is to the, extent, to the extent that we can tell if it's a good thing or a bad thing that we are attracting by being a positive frequency or a negative frequency. If we dwell on the negatives in this world, if we dwell on the, the bad news of the day, then we're in a negative frequency of attraction. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking the other day about the ongoing process of transformation mm-hmm. into this enlightened state of consciousness. And it's through our experiential knowledge, our revelation knowledge that comes from the interactions that we are participating in when we head out that door, that a person continues along the adventure of their original life path. And so we stir up these expectations before we, well, before I even put my feet on the floor in the morning, I have this meditative practice that I go into. My purpose, my self-talk, my encouragement, my uh, I'm championing and encouraging and loving and, and uh, edifying myself as I will choose to do all others as I go through the day. And this ensures that I'm going to continue along this adventure for the greater. In other words, well, here's what happens. When we've stirred ourselves up like this meditatively, to go out and to find the thing that's looking for us with this higher frequency of energetics that's bringing a, a greater source of abundance into our lives. In that scenario, we, you can take the meeting of two people and, it, and it's like the, the, the contact of two chemical substances. If there's any reaction at all, both are going to be transformed. So what are we allowing ourselves to be transformed into? Is it something good or bad, toxic or non-toxic? Because you are, you're deceived if you don't think that communing with anything else, any kind of other information is not going to in some way 
like two chemical substances coming together if it's not going to have a reaction because everything that we come in contact with there's a reaction so we choose our points of contact mm. it seems like that's going to require some sort of uh, methodical um i don't want to say you need to slow down to achieve that but it does seem like it's going to require some some uh, some planning <laughs> maybe some meditation you know because if, if everything that you touch is having some sort of intense reaction uh, all of a sudden it's what you're putting your hands to the conversations you're having the people you're having them with it it becomes this much bigger thing well and that's why it's important to and and i think this is the right context for judgment to prejudge all things in a in the best of light mm. So when we are involved in a chance encounter, our prejudgment says this is a, a good thing. This is a pleasant thing. This is a beautiful thing. This is a proper thing. And then we're using the lens of our expectations to project an image that's positive into whatever it might be. So rather than peeling back the layers to, to get down to the dirt and grime of a situation, leave it alone. Mm. Don't poke at it. Let it be and just look through this lens of unconditional love as we go through the day. And then the, the care and caution comes from deciding what we're going to peel the layers back and to interact with in a give and take uh, uh, relationship. When it seems like as a, you know, understanding how kinetic belief works, it seems as though what you just described, you know, that process of assuming that everything is good and lovely and full, and full of unconditional love, that it's not necessarily that you're going to, um, you know, misinterpret and maybe get your lunch eaten if you do that, but you may even be defining something and allowing it to become unconditional love because, again, knowing how kinetic belief works, many, many things, probably more things than we realize are a blank canvas. And they're waiting for us to sort of say something and define what that thing is. Well, that's a great way to put it, a blank canvas, because the world is just that until we allow our uh, judgments to begin filling it in. Mm. And, 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 and there's scripture in the Bible that says, think on things in this manner. And, and then it gives a, all these positive attributes to give the world around you mm. um, that the, those colors and hues of. And what we're talking about, it doesn't have to be the meeting of two people. It's our encounter with a sunset. It could be a, a pathway through a forest. Anything of form has an energetic uh, substance to it. And when we commune with the substance of something else, both it could be the path through the forest, and uh, we are transformed through that interaction. The, the starlight that we gaze in a night sky transforms the light of the star as well as the observer. And this is quantum mechanics theory. There is always a reaction to the pass-through of observation. There is change that is taking place from the observance of anything. And so what we have to do is to choose what we're going to observe and to, to figure out a way to make sure that it's going to be positive and when you start losing, if, if you can tell when you're, you can tell when you're growing weak in the positive realm, and uh, <laughs> you, you probably should run for cover at that point, or just uh, retreat and get away from the noise of the world. Well, what a beautiful concept to meditate on this idea that when you know you're participating in the observation of a positive thing in a positive way, that not only are you changed, um, but you're you're really entering into almost a partnership with 
with the thing that you're you're calling mm. in that you're manifesting and it, it is actually being transformed as much as as you are who knew that you were actually in partnership with the bag boy at the grocery store? Who knew that you're in actual uh, partnership with the person that just flipped you off in traffic? So you want to, you want to rearrange your natural reaction. Yes. But this is why it's so important to the legacy of life that we choose what we will interact with through consideration and through observation. Because believe it or not, like it or not, we are sharing our life energy substance with whatever it is that we align with, with whatever it is that we are in agreement with. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I use that word agreement. And we, there's so many words in the English language that, and we were talking about this, that really we should pause and make sure that we're all on the same page with definition because when you when you when we judge something as being terrible we're agreeing with it when when i judge this person as being the devil incarnate i'm in agreement with that i'm aligning myself with that with whatever it is that we judge negatively or positively, we're saying, I align and I agree with this. Mm. And then I'm sharing my life energy with either a good thing or a bad thing. So, and, and that's, that is the most imperative, uh, fundamental understanding that any kinetic believer begins their, their walk with manifestations uh, properly with understanding. And this is why it's so important to not allow ourselves to be led by our feelings because our feelings change. And if we're led by them, then we're going to continually change our highest expectations. And that's the one thing we don't want to change. We stay with our journaled uh, highest expectations and make sure that that's the form of our expectations as we traverse throughout the day. I love that. That's the form of our expectations. You know, everything that we're doing, that we're talking about doing, that, that, that you're forming those expectations. It's taking shape, if you will. Instead of letting them randomly mm. uh, take the shape of whatever they will. And they'll take shape. If, if mm-hmm. we do not put forth a determination in the the forms that we choose, they will choose themselves and it's it's not going to be good. It will find the, it will find the lowest label that it can possibly create to <laughs> define what you're going to experience in this world. I love how the default's always just the worst, you know. <laughs> Like just worst case scenario, that's your default. And so uh, that means that all the more that we have to engage in this. And, and even if you maybe don't feel like it, or there's a, an element of fatigue where some of this is concerned, you know, we all cycle through seasons in life. Um, but the, the pulse is there, right? Like the, the pulse where you, you know how important this is Mm -hmm. and that some things are bigger than fatigue and some things are bigger than feelings and you're, laying out such a strong, very real blueprint for your future and, and you know, for the present moment. It's everything you just said, too, it made me think back to so many great teachings that you did on labels and, and not allowing yourself to just walk around, you know, labeling everything and how detrimental that can be when we do, when we do that. Isn't it good knowing that the default is not good? <laughs> I mean, just knowing, just knowing yeah. that is, is powerful. And it's, it's useful because where wisdom reigns, there's no conflict between spiritual wisdom and everyday feelings. Mm. There's a very real engine, right? I mean, everything you're describing, it's sort of this engine of kinetic belief. And when it's pumping and moving, you have all this momentum, it's working properly. And then, you know, again, the default is just to slow down and really slow down into nothingness. 
<laughs> into nothing. It just wither away. Yeah. So the daily challenge is to cultivate mindfulness and to cultivate self-awareness, which enables anyone to begin to recognize the ego's manipulation, the ego's manipula- manipulative tendencies, and to then choose the path toward higher consciousness. Because when, and, and to understand that it's higher consciousness, it's going to require the effort of labor to climb. There, there requires, climbing requires energy, doesn't it? It requires focus, it requires um, intent and conviction. And so with those being the fundamental uh, uh, marks or indicators on our true north, on the compass for living, then every day we're going to stir up those, um, uh, all of those requirements for us to uh, successfully follow a creative path toward the pursuits that are going to continue to manifest a greater life. For me, when you're dealing with that manipulation that the ego is so has so honed and is so good at, it, that's when the modalities of kinetic belief become so important because you have to have these anchor points. You need your journaling. You need to understand, okay, when everything feels a little fuzzy and I can't quite make out if this is real or if this is good for me or if I'm supposed to be doing this, you have to have an anchor point to be able to, able to sort of see through the, the fog. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, when you said the ego's manipulated, I just remembered when, and I'm sure everybody does this, right? When you're a kid and you want to do something, you ask mom, and if mom says no, then you just go ask dad, <laughs> and then whoever right. says yes. But isn't that what the ego does? So it sort of taps on mm. one part of your psyche and says, huh, let's see if this, ha- if this is a weak point. Maybe I can enter through this way. If that doesn't work, it tries over here. Let me see if I can access you through this way. And, and the manipulation is always there sort of lurking. Um, and so you have to have this counterweight and you have to have this ability to, to get clarity in these moments. You know, one of the ways that it, the ego is continually manipulating is it will want to lead you back to where you come from. And it says, Oh, this Mm. is familiar. Go back and do it this way. You know how it works out. You know what the end of it's going to be. And, And it'll talk you into going back to, you know, you look at some old photographs and go, let's just go do that again. You, know, you go, look how happy I was. Yeah, I'm going to go be happy again. And it's in that <laughs> voice that you, you know that you know what's you know who's talking to you. Yep. This is your ego. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this and, yes. and another thing, too, that it requires a, a kinetic believer to be this. To be open to innovations. In other words, any life that you're that's being lived that's not in the round robin repeat of actions and going back to those places that you think I'm going to go back and relive this again I'm going back to my childhood and I want to go back and in fact I'm going to buy the house I grew up in so I can go and have all those pleasures again mm-hmm. as silly as that sounds you'd be amazed to know how many people actually think that way because they're not open to innovations they're not open to challenging themselves away from the familiar and continuously then actually wanting to continue to learn something new. All of these are byproducts of being a a kinetic believer because kinetic belief is a concept that combines all of the elements of quantum physics and metaphysical beliefs into one. The quantum physics is nothing more than the proof and the metaphysical beliefs is, is beyond 
the requirement of the proof. And, and that's why we interlock these things to try to give an insight to the fundamental um, uh, the fundamental, actually, science of consciousness now, mm. and also to, to be able to reach beyond what can be seen. And this encompasses all of the power and authority of kinetic belief. Well, I think maybe the saddest thing about what you just described, that, that tendency to reach back and to want to, to maybe relive some things that are familiar or that you thought were better, um, is that you are... Whenever you reach back, you want to repeat something, which isn't even possible anyways, but you try to, you are really negating that relationship with the universe and with your creator. So there's no place in that. When you repeat yourself in life and when you glom onto that familiarity, it requires no belief. It requires no faith. You have, there's no stretching of yourself. There's no growth. And, you know, that is so much more detrimental than any sort of risk that you're taking by doing something new. Well, here's what happens is when when you continue to have to, to gestate the same thoughts and you revisit those same emotions that those same thoughts have created from your past, mm. your actions that you're going to take that are determined from those habitual thoughts and emotions influence that's what influences the physical world and the manifestations and that creates this outcome desired or not desired either way it's a it's a, a predictable outcome so until you get away until you're willing to change your thoughts and and um, adopt the emotions that come with those higher thoughts and then take actions that move you beyond the the normal doing things different trying on different things moving and learning something new that's the very thing that changes the physical world and creates a new desired outcome for you what role it does mental discipline play in all of this because i know that so much of kinetic belief is stirred up and 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 manifests because of the relationship with the universe and because we're saying the right things and we're journaling and we're staying on this path um and i think so many times we mess up in our journey and we sort of falter when we just have this in and out mentality. So, you know, one day is so good and you're saying all the right things and you're doing all the right things. And then the next day, um, maybe chemically your brain is a little different and you're not feeling as good. And it's so much harder to achieve those correct thoughts and say the right things. Um, and so I'm just wondering what exactly is kicking in to keep us on that course that, that you're describing, because obviously it's, it's everything. It makes or breaks our entire, um, existence in, in this world. Mindset is a hundred, is a hundred percent of all of the work that we can possibly do. We can't do any work in the, the, um, highest expectations of self. We cannot actually do work in the, the higher viewpoint mm. that's established. The work that we do is all in the egoic realm while we are here in the natural. Wow. And to uh, allow the, the, the substance of the higher thought forms to permeate and to overtake the lower. So work is done in the natural to allow for the supernatural. And that's such an amazing distinction to, to learn about. And because I don't think I've ever really visualized it that way i mean you know as nice as it would be to put on the flowy white dress and sit out in the woods 24 7 and you know that's not the arena that this is happening that these achievements are being made it's 
in contrast to the ego. That's fascinating. It's not the arena, but what you just described is in that arena, putting on the white robe and <laughs> like, walking out hurt. into the woods <laughs> and sitting there in, in, in the belief of being forest bathed. Okay. All of that's happening in the egoic realm. Okay. And that's why you can look at it and you can think that's silly or you can think that's wise or you cannot think at all, but that's where that action and work is being done. Mm. But the supernatural is beyond anything that we can actually manipulate. We are cl- we're cleaning house to allow for this Uh, manifestation of the greater to come from the higher expectations of existence. And so just to make sure I understand, the supernatural is the thing that we are working to break into and and to commune with. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily the space that we're working within. The supernatural self is what we are working to allow to um, envelop us. Mm -hmm. We're creating a space for it, for what already is. We are joy, so we create a space for that joy to manifest. We are, in the higher sense of consciousness, we are health, we are prosperity, we are abundance, we are happiness, we are the fullness of all things in the higher self. So the work that we do is in the lower self to get rid of any blockers, any lack of faith, to get rid of fear, to get rid of sickness and disease, and all these things that we have believed to be true for ourselves, we have to cast that stuff down and reimagine ourselves in the higher perspective Mm. for that supernatural self to manifest in this lower realm. According to kinetic belief, the universe is made up of energy and everything is connected through this web of energy fields. And anyone, by aligning themselves with positive energy and focusing then on the desired outcome, they attract and they manifest all of those outcomes into this lower reality where it can be seen and touched. Kinetic belief is a way of tapping into the creative power of of all of the universe in order to manifest those positive changes into our lives. And so the work that we do is in the preparation of this lower space for the the higher things to to manifest. The lower space. I really love how you're differentiating, differentiating today between these different arenas and spaces that we're operating within. Um, it's just it's just automatically revealing so many new concepts and ideas. Um, you know, for example, I think it's I, I think it's just amazing how it it seems like manifestation is the goal, and it probably I guess is while we're in this state in this existence. But the true fruit of that the real gift that it's going to give us is the longevity of relationship with the creator um and so yes the manifestation is happening now we can see it and that's amazing to see these things showing up in our life now but the bigger picture um that's going to affect us in an eternal way and and even you could say in the supernatural immortal way is the constantly the being established relationship that is occurring Mm -hmm. every time that that belief has worked successfully and it's really growing into something that we maybe can't even really fathom um, now as much as it's going to be revealed further on. And let's take that word goal for a moment. Again, let's redefine it because the world says you got to have goals and we need to push toward a goal Mm -hmm. of manifesting a certain thing into our lives. Mm -hmm. As a kinetic believer, our goal is in the present tense of now, like you said, it's in this moment. 
All things being made manifest are in the present tense moment, which we carry with us into the future. And so if we have cognitively done the work in the lower state of being to receive the abundance of the greater and higher consciousness in this present tense moment, we have met that goal right now. Mm. There's nothing left to achieve. Whether you see it or not, we have, the goal has been reached. And so the challenge for the kinetic believer is to reach your goal in the present moment at all times. Wow. And there's nothing left to achieve. Whether you see it or not, I am my, I am in alignment with it. The it is finished version of myself. And so anything that doesn't align with that, now I'm doing the work in the lower state of being of casting it down. Saying no, you don't. And I'm not attaching myself to that. I'm not watching that. I'm not listening to that. That's not who I am. You can't blame me for those things. And 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 that's the work of maintaining the goal of. Uh, my best life being lived in the present tense moment of now. Kind of funny how that you can sense the ego is squirming in the present moment. It really doesn't like to be here. And it's, and it's always uh, sort of trying to pull us into the past or push us into the anxiety for the future at all times. It, it, it really does not, you can sense it when you are working to seat yourself in the present moment. You've said before that if you don't have it in your present moment, you'll never have it. Well, the, the, the ego feeds on fear, doesn't it? And there's never anything to fear. Think about it in the present moment. Fear is uh, uh, typically dealing with, it's relating with something in the future. The possibility of something negative happening to you in the future Mm. produces, and it's rooted in fear. And so if, if you, Bring your sense of self into the present tense moment of now in the fullness of joy and prosperity and happiness, all those attributes into the present moment of now. Fear has has nothing to to latch itself to. The ego wants to run. The ego is, is afraid. It's frightened of your present moment because it's in that moment, unattached to the past or the future, that there is that state of Zen where these things are flourishing and truly will manifest in the future of your mm. present tense moment wow. of now. Wow, that's beautiful. And I have, I have a quick question about this process of staying in the present moment because obviously, you know, you have things in the future that are coming. Um, something, something as simple as maybe you need to send an email blast to all the kinetic believers, but that's a week from now. That's a great example. <laughs> that's coming, a week. Coming yeah, soon. Right. Um, but how do you balance, I mean, mentally, I just want to understand the process of balancing planning for the future in the present moment because it feels innately contradictive. Um, I know it's not, but I still sometimes struggle with the, with the concept because it's, it's just so easy for things to creep in, right? Like when you're, when you, are planning for the future in the present moment, but you're trying to stay in the present moment. I mean, it can get a little, little crazy. Well, the disconnect there is, you know that, let's take that example. You know that you're going to be doing a, an email blast to kinetic believers a week from now, but you're not dwelling in a week from now in the meditation of doing that, um, Ah. that email blast. The, the knowledge of what you will be doing in this moment when it when when this moment arrives in a week is totally those are two different things 
And so we focus on this moment. We have these peripheral activities we'll engage with, but we don't allow ourselves to meditate on those things. Mm. Because when, when that moment arrives that we're going to do that, then we bring in the fullness of consciousness and the activity of the lower self, because this is where we do the work, mm. into the creation of that with the perspective of higher consciousness being the broader picture of us creating and generating something beyond ourselves mm. uh, and, and to flourish into that. But it's always, we're, we're doing the work in the present moment. You can't do the work of the email blast a week from now, now. And so understanding that is the meditative, and this is the work we're talking about. The work is done in the mindset. Yeah. Yep. If you if we find ourselves stressing over uh, an engagement of activity that we know we're going to do a week from now, we haven't done the work of stirring ourselves up in our mindset to bring it back into the present tense of the moment of enjoying doing this podcast right now. And there's nothing else. <laughs> there's the, the, the tomorrow does not exist. The past doesn't exist. It's right now in this moment with this cup of coffee and um, the pleasant interaction between us and KBs all over the world. And so this is um, the definition, right, of intrusive, obsessive thoughts. This is exactly what they are. And I don't even think I've ever thought to try and understand them beyond the concept, but it's, it's absolutely, you are trying to sort of, um, you know, live out and dwell in a future tense moment that is impossible to dwell in. And so your mind is sort of on the, it gets on the hamster wheel, right? And it's just having the same conversation with ego, within the ego, over and over and over again. And that's incredibly powerful to understand the inner workings of, of that. And we find those stressors begin to, to crop up on the inside because the ego is saying, you're going to miss it. You're not going to have enough time to do what you the email blast a week from now because, after all, look at how much you have to do today. Mm. And so it's the fear of something that's in the future that begins to come in and cause these stressors. Wow. And, and, and that's the... You can tell anytime you start to become anxious or fearful over anything, we haven't done the mindful work of bringing it back into the present moment of now. Wow. That's where journaling kicks in so heavily. Journaling is vital to that, isn't it? Yes, it is. And and knowing this too, speaking about the future and encounters, you're going to you're going to interact with other people as you go throughout your day. It could be a phone call. It could be the neighbor or wherever you go, going to the office, going back to work, whatever it is, class, school to the gym, you know, there's going to be an opportunity to interact with other people. And so there's some general principles at a KB to keep in mind uh, where this is concerned. Maintain a positive attitude and an outlook, even in challenging situations, because this helps to attract positive energy and to maintain a sense of calm and balance. So that's part of the the meditative work that we are mindfully stirring up in ourselves before we go out, knowing that you're going to encounter people. It's not the encountering of nature that's <laughs> like, going no. to be challenging. It's, it's, <laughs> it's going to be people if you haven't already figured that out. Like, no, really, you're going to see people. They're out there. <laughs> and you will be challenged by some of them. Well, I have to say something that you do, Steve, and you do it so well, and I've watched you do this really since I've known the day we met. Um, whenever you go out into the foray of society and life and you are around people, your your focus is on them and on the beauty of of the world and of people and and you really make this um huge and very valuable effort to see them and to really see those people and i think we become so um anxiety ridden 
and depressed and stressed out when we allow, and, and it's easy to do this unwittingly, you know, it's not something that we're necessarily walking around trying to achieve, but when we keep that focus on ourself and, and we're just in our own heads and within our own conversations and, we, and we're not allowing the, that unconditional love to just sort of flow through us and, and envelop anyone that we come in contact with. Well, it's the ego that sees other people as the potential enemy mm. because the ego is typically on the take, isn't it? Or it's, yeah. it's looking to um, either take advantage of someone else or to protect itself from being taken advantage of. And when, when you move into a sense of higher consciousness, no one can, can take advantage of you anymore mm-hmm. because you freely give it. You give it knowing that nothing can actually be taken from you. And then we begin to see people in a different light, don't we? At different walks, at different places in their uh, uh, becoming mature in consciousness, in their development and growth. Some don't ever make it, but you still see the potential in all other um, sentient beings and, and human beings in life. Mm. And I haven't always been that way. And, and I'm still, you know, I stumble like anyone else. But this is the thing that we talk about when we say cultivate these aptitudes and attitudes toward life and toward other people. And it comes from stirring up a spirit of gratitude for the blessings and for all of the opportunities that are in our lives. Mm. This helps to stay grounded and to remain focused on all of the positive aspects of our experiences while we're here. You know, we started by talking about plants and and how it can change the air and how much we love coming home to to the good smells and the fresh fresh oxygen that they're putting out. And Mm -hmm. that just made me think that the way that you described our interactions with the world and other people and unconditional love, with every decision we make, we're really creating an ecosystem that we can live within, a beautiful kinetic belief-fueled ecosystem. And so as you're spreading... You know, for example, it may seem as though you're, you're giving your attention to someone else in unconditional love and that helps them. But then the intrinsic value of that within yourself to sort of catapult you into higher consciousness and to keep you in higher consciousness and to to not even be really aware of the anxiety ridden aspects of life. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that sort of is creating this beautiful cycle of you know, you could call it seed time harvest. You could call it you know, the, the the clouds raining and then evaporation happens and it just keeps it keeps circulating. But either way, you're creating this really beautiful cycle um, of all of this working for you and in turn for all those around us. Well, and, and it's through the creating of these cycles that I know somebody is thinking, well, what is the most fundamental thing that I can do to, to create these cycles Mm -hmm. when i go out and i'm expecting to interact with other people how do i prepare myself steve and meg Mm -hmm. you make it sound so easy well first the most fundamental thing that to do is to be mindful of of your words Mm. and how they impact other people Mm. speak with kindness and and also empathy and avoid gossip avoid negativity and avoid judgmental language. And if you do those things, you are well on your way. Because it's also, I would say this, look, when interacting with other people, make an effort to listen actively and be and attentively. Listen to them and to, to understand them. And because this helps to build strong connections and, and to better understand the perspectives and the needs of other people around us. 
and then treat other people with respect and treat them with dignity regardless of who they are and regardless of their background, regardless of their beliefs. This is easier when we realize that every every single human being is a spiritual being having a natural experience. And every person is at a different level of, of, of a journey, aren't they? Yeah. And they have, they have different challenges. They come from different backgrounds, different life experiences. And so they all have different perspectives. And higher consciousness in, in the meditation of those, and those principles will help you to see through their eyes and to understand that rather than through your own experiences and that's where we become. People become harsh in their judgments and they think, well, I would never do that. I would never say that. Well, that's not you. You're <laughs> uniquely different. And they don't see the world and they don't see challenges in the world in the same way that you do. The Kinetically Podcast is, this is where we come to unlock the power of our beliefs to help manifest our greatest desires. And when anyone is willing to take the principles that we talk about on this podcast and to do the, the work of the journaling from their highest perspective and ask, asking the right questions of, of consciousness to reveal these things. I'm telling you, the answers come. Mm. And all of this becomes, it's not just reasonings, but it is wisdom. And it's coming from higher consciousness. We've been away for a while. And I mean, we're, we're podcasting today and, and I have to tell you, we, we had to hit the brakes pretty hard to put all this together. And I'm so excited that we did, but a lot of people have been writing and are you please going to come back and, and thank you for all of that. And yes, uh, we, we have missed you guys and we are excited to be back. Um, and it, there's just been bottled up like you and you know really the podcast hasn't ended as far as our conversations go every day we're just like oh man we should have had the mics on <laughs> and we're just chewing and chewing the fat here because it yes. actually i have been so excited over you know since the first of the year about three physicists john clauser um alan aspect and anton uh zellinger 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 but they, who won the Nobel Prize for their experiments with entangled photons this past December. Well, and I wanted to come right out of the gate. Just I have so much to talk about with that. But their research demonstrated that the universe is not locally real, which means that the physical world around us, it's not independent of our observation or perception of it. In, in maybe simpler terms, because I, I, I felt that everything get really quiet. Um, <laughs> the idea is that material objects do not exist in a definite state until they are observed. Now, uh, I, had a I was having a conversation with uh, someone yesterday about this. And, and actually, he is a, a science teacher in the public school system. And, uh, man, we were hitting some, some walls really fast. But to understand it, it, you can go back to something that Einstein published. He, it was a paper he did in, in 1935 that illustrated the phenomenon of what he called spooky action at a distance, which we've done podcasts on this, and uh, what we now call quantum entanglement. 
And the concept challenges the common understanding of reality, suggesting that perceptions play a crucial role in defining the world around us. Well, what's, what is perceptions? Perception is just your own personal interpretation. And that's playing what we now know a crucial role in defining the world around us. And if we have the authority and the power and the ability to manipulate our perceptions, good judgments versus bad judgments, we're defining the world around us. And to define the world means in the practical sense. It means the 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 architectural construction of reality, of surface area, of matter and mass in the real world and its consequences around us. Mm -hmm. This is vital to the understanding of the authority we have as creative creators to redefine our lives because perspective matters. Our perception of the world influences how you and I are going to experience it, how you're going to experience doing the email blast in a week. It's the perception and the perspective that matters ultimately. Mm. You know, it makes me wonder too if sometimes uh, our our question, our questioning, our our waning motivation where manifestation is concerned comes from just the fact that it takes time. Because I would imagine if you could say, you know, uh, I'd like a chicken sandwich and it appears within 20 seconds on the table. I mean, you're, you're pretty supercharged, right? <laughs> Your belief is just through the roof. Um, but why is that any different than if it, if it were to take 45 days? I mean, think back on the last thing that you were able to manifest successfully, the thing that showed up in the here and now. And let's say that it took 60 days. 90 days, two years, whatever. But there's a very finite time that it took for that manifestation to occur. And it's, it's just amazing how uh, the, the principle that you're describing, it's so definite and it's scientifically proven. And we have to remember that just because it's not instantaneous um, doesn't make it any less real. And if anything, it makes it more real because that's actually typically how the universe works you know things need time to grow to the kinetic believer the manifestation of a belief is instantaneous it's in that moment of belief to the onlooker the onlooker marks it by time and says mm -hmm. well now wait a minute i was watching and incrementally to with the 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 uh, movement of time markers it took four days and three hours and 27 seconds but to the kinetic believer, the, the movement of the substance for the manifestation of that belief began the moment that the kinetic believer said, I see it, it is now, I'm grateful because I now have it. The onlooker says, well, I don't see it. And the, the KB says, well, I, don't, I can't help you with that because I do see it. And I am healed. And it is already done. Now, I may still have the, the limp in my, my walk, but that's just a symptom of what used to be. And it's, it's this changing of a mindset that moves us above and beyond the, the realm of time and into the ever existence of all things being made perfect. And then the manifestation of that becomes irrelevant. 
In other words, if you believed yourself to be a millionaire, the first thing I would say was, well, why did you choose just a million? But we'd move beyond that. <laughs> and you believe you are a millionaire, then you, you see it. You have it. You are that. It's not something you're trying to manifest at some wow. appropriate, at some point in time. And that's, that is the mental disconnect for a reconnect mm. that gets results. Wow. And that takes us back to the the arena of the mind and how everything is happening there and operating there. I was reading a book recently and it was just so well written. The story was so well told. You know, there was like a loud, somebody dropped something next door and it was a really loud clank. And I just about fell out of my chair and I had totally forgotten where I was. Um, But that's the power of our imagination of our mind. So, you know, you were just describing that it is true for the connected believer in the present moment that it's here now. And that's not so much us just trying to convince ourselves, but it's the mental articulation is there. The, the mentality is so strong and you can see it and you can almost taste it and smell it because you have been working your kinetic belief so vigorously um, that it, it is there. It's as good as there. And that's real-time gratitude because if you're saying, mm-hmm. I have it now, that's what we're grateful for. We don't look around and see lack or the absence of something and say, well, I'm grateful for that anyway. Mm. That's not creative gratitude. Gratitude. It's the opposite. That is receiving (laughs) something less than what you hope for and say, well, I'm grateful anyway. That's still not, that's not creative gratitude. Creative gratitude is grateful for the abundance of all things. Not because you can see it, but because you mentally can, you acknowledge it in the higher realm of higher consciousness. Mm. And that's what brings it into the, the uh, empirical world to be seen. Wow. So we change our outlook. And we change our outlook by looking in. If, if a person living by an outlook is incrementally determining days on the calendar, the time it will take, all, all of the, the uh, hills, that mountains that need to be climbed in order to reach a certain destination. By changing the outlook to the inward look, to the, high, to the perspective of higher consciousness, by doing the work through the uh, kinetic belief journaling, what we're doing is we're changing our experience in the present tense moment of now. And by changing that, we're changing our reality, knowing that this is the one thing that is empowering to manifest through the authority and dominion that we have as creative creators in the natural. Understanding that our our, our perceptions play such a significant role in creating our reality, that's the thing that can empower us to make conscious choices about how it is that we're going to view and to begin to really... In, in a new way, interact with the world that is around us. Mm-hmm. You know, one example of this can be found in the concept of uh, reframing, which is simply a psychological technique that's used to change the way that we perceive and the way that we interpret events and situations and, and all the different experiences in the past even. There's things that you want to you, you reflect on and dwell upon to to re-articulate it, to you know, redefine it. For example, let's say that a person loses their job unexpectedly. 
Initially, they may feel, you know, just overwhelmed and they're stressed out because they've lost this job and they're worried about their future, worried about how they're going to go home and, and tell the, uh, their, their life partner, their family, whomever, whatever. But all of these feelings are, and they're certainly understandable given the circumstances. No one would deny that. However, the person decides when they decide to consciously shift their perception of the situation and then to begin to view it as an opportunity for growth and a new opportunity for positive change in their lives that that's when they choose to reframe the event as a chance to explore uh, new career paths to learn new skills or even to start their own business and so it's by reframing the situation this person has fundamentally changed their experience of reality Nothing changed other than their own perspective. So instead of being consumed by uh, negative emotions and carrying that on, and, and you know, I have to, I'm going to the bar again down at uh, uh, Cheesecake Factory. I'm going to have what? another beer. They have to, ch- they, they've chosen to adopt a, <laughs> a, a more optimistic and proactive mindset. And this, this change in per- perception is now going to have a, uh, a proactive, they're going to create a proactive mindset and the change is going to have this tangible impact on their actions and the outcome of what it is that they are about to manifest into their lives. And this is the thing that illustrates the power of our perceptions and shaping our reality. I have to say, for me, this is when journaling is everything. This is when journaling is at its most powerful because only through journaling have I ever been able to have these... Um, for lack of a greater term, pep talks with myself. And so you have to be able to, it's very difficult to articulate the reframing of a situation that you just described, just in your head, you know, just sort of sitting on your porch or sitting at the cheesecake factory, <laughs> <laughs> trying to uh, change your thinking about this this new information that has come into your life. And so I have to say, I've filled so many journals with, you know, just sitting down with the sole purpose of reframing a situation and only allowing myself to write the thing that I want to be true and the good things and like you're saying, the gratitude. Um, but and I don't know why, why that is. You know, why, why can you do that with the pen and not in your own head silently? I'm sure there's a reason for it, but I just know that it's completely ineffective to sit there with your thoughts thinking that that's going to change them well that goes back to word crafting doesn't it and and you you we we had the ability to revisit the end of where we left off and so if we were it's like an artist you know and you you Mm. paint and you do these beautiful landscapes and and portraits but you don't go in and start with a blank canvas every time you go back into your studio. You go back and you start with the same colors and you start the same perspective and the same higher viewpoint for the work you're creating. Mm-hmm. And so there's continuity now to what you're constructing from that higher perspective. That's why journaling is so fundamentally and vitally important mm-hmm. to the, the um, continuation of our, our thoughts rather than being tossed to, to, oh, to and fro. That's so good. So. That's so powerful. And it's like the kid that doesn't want to go to the theme park because he's like, I'm on the couch. I don't want to. I want, I'm here. I don't want to do that. This is a theme. I'm here. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm watching this cartoon, you know, I mean, so. But isn't that what our mind. That's what our ego does. Right. With the with the present moment. It misuses the present moment as if 
what you're doing exactly right now is all you'll ever do for the rest of your life. It's so dramatic. It's so extreme. The ego is always going to function from the root of fear. Yeah, you're going to yeah. you're going to lose out. You're going to lose this. You're going to be in lack. They're not going to like you. They don't think this of you. And, and they and it's it's always constructing from this place of torment and and failure and inefficiency. And you can just go on and on with that. Mm. Uh, you know. And I was just thinking of. You know, unconditional love, bringing that back into the conversation for a moment. There is a uh, scripture in the Bible that says all things work together for good for those that love the Lord, that love God, that love higher consciousness, that love the creator, that loves consciousness that brought all things into being. Mm. All things work together for the good of that person that is loving a, a creator. Well, why is that? <laughs> why is all? Why is everything working together for good for the person that does that, because in let's take the example of losing your job again. If we are loving our creator unconditionally, knowing that we have the fullness of the authority and power and creative ability to reconstruct our lives in an ongoing journey, which is was designed to be and supposed to be, then we, the passing of the old is always required for the beginning of something new. And I receive that as being done in my life when I am loving my creator with that expectation. If I'm not loving my creator and I'm embracing fearful thoughts, then I will be tormented and antagonized by the idea of anything coming in and being destroyed within, you know, that seemingly is destroyed or taken away from me in my life. Mm -hmm. And that being the end result of it. But it's by being aware of our thoughts and our beliefs and making sure that they are in alignment with the greater source. We consciously choose how, we, how we're going to interpret and engage with the world around us and anything that's going on. And as a result of that, the world just then fashions itself to meet our expectations. And knowing this, when we go out, whatever it is we're looking for is also looking for us. And so we go out with an anticipation of the greater thing uh, coming into our lives. I love that you just uh, about 20 minutes ago just told us that nothing is really here and nothing's real and then just moved on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we, we could have stopped there. You're like, we? oh, just, just, just a PSA. <laughs> well, another, okay. And another way to understand all of this, we're, we're, still try, we're still hacking away at the truth here, is we can understand it through something called interconnectedness. And quantum entanglement demonstrates that particles can be connected across vast distances, seemingly defying the, the conventional understanding of space and time. Now, this can serve as a reminder that everything in the universe is interconnected. All things are. And recognizing th this interconnectedness fosters empathy we were talking about understanding a sense of responsibility toward other people, toward life, toward the plants, the fiddle leaf behind you, all these things. This enlightened perspective also helps us to stop judging other people, to judging whatever it is. It helps us to embrace uncertainty. Quantum mechanics and entanglement in particular has demonstrated that the universe is full of unpredictability. All things being possible, which for the KB, that's a good thing. 
Because learning to accept and embrace uncertainty helps to become more resilient. It helps us to become open to new experiences. You know, we used uncertainty in planning. Um, we were, you were, you found some of these photos the other, yesterday and hoping they, they hadn't been lost and where we got married mm-hmm. and that wonderful occasion is most uh, everybody's is. I love having company and say, here, here's the, uh, our, our wedding Who album. Who wants to see our wedding pictures? <laughs> and wait, where are you going? I think the word is insufferable. <laughs> right. You're insufferable. But it was wonderful, okay? And and so we used actually we used the the idea of uncertainty and unpredictability and all things being possible in choosing where we were gonna get married. Indeed. Because there are few spaces more unpredictable than the area that's around Yellowstone and uh, the, the Teton Mountains oh, gosh. there. If it's not a geyser, it's a bison, <laughs> you or, know, or a, thunder, or a wayward thunderstorm or yes. snowstorm, whatever it is, a, a bison, bison came, came through the field where we were the, but so we, we focus on the present moment and we leave this present moment open to the greater sense of all things being possible and looking for the cherry on the top. Because if, if, if our anticipation and expectation is for the greater to show up, then the resource for that is ever present, trying to bring that into manifestation. Mm. It's meeting our expectation. And quantum mechanics shows that the act of observation or expectation has an impact on the outcome of any system. And the problem is, is when somebody doesn't understand how this translates directly into their daily lives, because how we choose to see something has a profound result in how we will experience life as it unfolds. Take the, take the person that wants to plan every detail of their wedding down to the placement and the spin of the cocktail napkin with the points all being just absolutely perfect in the interior of a building where the air conditioning is on 72 degrees and the, everything is made perfect. That wedding is, is just for sure going to be ruined by a gust of wind that came out of nowhere, the air conditioning unit. Uh, somebody falling over backward in their chair from the dining table with it tucked into their jean unexpectedly. I don't know. These things happen, though. And then you're like, who's wearing jeans where, at my wedding? Where there, there has not been any room left for the unexpected, yes. for the greater source to show up and say, here, yeah, you've got what you wanted, but let me give you even more. Mm-hmm. Let me flourish you with, with more of an abundance. Let me give you a radiant of color and flowers that you could not have ever expected to bloom naturally in the environment here so we we take our hands off the fullness to do the work uh, against the ego and allowing for the greater source to profoundly flourish into our lives i'm finding myself just wanting to sit with this information just wanting to meditate and again just sit with the idea that unpredictability is really just this golden opportunity to allow and to let go and to release and to see what the creator and the universe have in store for you because it, it like you just said, it, it's going to be for the good. It's all going to work together for, for our good. And every single item that we choose to micromanage, you're, it's just one more nail in that coffin just saying, Oh, Oh, you're, you're just creating more opportunity for this to go terribly wrong. And, you know, we have to, to get to that point where we, 
we embrace the unpredictability, but in a way with, you know, like you're describing with the expectation, with the expectation of the better and the more and the knowledge of what our creator wants for us. Mindfulness, mindful thinking is imperative. But even so, it's there's a systemic there's a systematic approach mm. to holistic thinking mm. in the macro, in the larger empirical realm, knowing how our reality works, we should think holistically about things. In other words, and holistically you're, we're letting go. We're holding loosely the things outward and we are holding tight to the inward, focusing our thoughts on all things being better than they appear. And bringing that into our consciousness awareness and to our state of being and our sense of gratitude for all these things already being true in our lives. Because then holistically, when we're thinking about things and considering the whole system rather than just individual parts, we're open to the whole system changing in our lives. And this should be applied to problem solving. It should be applied to decision making, to our everyday lives. You know, when I'm approached by a thought that wants to, we were just discussing this, bait me into a, a gaslighted <laughs> conversation, mm. I've made the determination in advance before it ever happens that I'm going to take the pass. No, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm okay. And I'm going to choose to not become, I'm going to not become the argument. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to become that thing, the negative toxic argument, knowing that there's going to be an undesirable consequence to my environment if I do. That's a fact, a tangible one. So, you know, remember as human creatives, we are that we are. Or you could say that I am that I am. We are what we believe to be in the abstract. I am health. I am wealth. I am happiness. I am joy. I don't have these things. I'm not trying to acquire these things. I am these things. And this is the growth mindset. The ongoing scientific exploration of quantum entanglement is it's its implications illustrates the importance of being open to new ideas, open to challenging the established beliefs of my past and even the beliefs of the world around me that are limited. Uh, and I'm open to continually learning, adopting a growth mindset in our personal life. That's what leads to transforming our existence to become whatever it is that we are by not being what we were not meant to be. I had a conversation recently with someone about belief and, and they were asking, you know, what I thought about UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad they asked. Actually, I'm, I don't dare get into that here. Maybe not today anyway. But what did, they wanted to know, what did I think about UFOs in, in this recent uh, testimony before Congress about um, covert government programs studying alien craft that they supposedly have in their possession. And the question was, do I believe in UFOs? Well, now here's, here's the thing about belief. Listen carefully, because it's important to realize the power of force that what we call belief actually is and what it represents. You could look at it in the same sense that it is a, a powerful weapon, 
Belief is a creative tool of force, of creative power. And knowing this, understand that we're actually weaponizing our expectations to manifest every single time we assign belief to our observations. You see something and the, the temptation is to go, I believe that, or I don't believe that. And I would say to you, hold up. Stop Stop choosing to believe or not believe because not only is it possible, but it's wise to learn to observe without posturing a position of belief. Remember this, that to believe in something is to adhere to and rely upon that as something you desire. Even if So if you say, I believe that's a terrible thing, the belief system is saying that's something I desire. I'm, I am aligning myself through belief with the thing that is toxic. There is raw data with every newly exposed concept, and it is there for exploration. So when you allow yourself to be an observer of things going and coming, and not labeling it as good or bad, but just it is, there, there's an... A, opportunity for exploration and as soon as we can appropriate as soon as we decide that i'm going to appropriate a belief to a concept or to raw data the exploration of that concept ends where faith begins and a blind trust in truth takes over Mm. whether it's true or not you've made it your truth so to say i believe in aliens or i don't believe in aliens what that does is it effectively ends my equitable search for cosmological uh, quest for this truth, which I'm, I enjoy. I'm entertained by the possibility of there being aliens or not being aliens. What a wonderful uh, uh, screenplay, a movie to enjoy. Where's the popcorn? I'm up for this ride in this, this journey of exploration. What am I doing? Well, I effectively... If, uh, if I choose to believe or not to believe in something, I'm hardening my intuitive senses to the possibility of their existence by saying, I don't believe in them. And I don't, I don't want to do that with, with most things. So I, and I cease to be open-minded to all things being possible in a universe that contains endless possibilities. Mm-hmm. Or I throw caution to the wind on the other side of this, and I adhere to and rely upon alien life now existing by believing in it, leaving so much data still on the table. So at this point of increasing evidential proof in the world today of UFOs being extraterrestrial, there is absolutely no benefit to me using my uh, creative power of my authoritative manifesting belief to appropriate toward the potential reality of alien life forms. And then he said, um, no. Uh, So, but but, in all seriousness, I remain fascinated by the potential of it, like all things, because I believe all things are possible. That's, and that's where my belief begins and ends, except for the realm of me getting into my my kinetic belief journal and writing and journaling from my highest expectations and perspectives for the life I've chosen to manifest for myself. Because I mindfully choose to only use this the substructural power of belief for manifesting exactly what I desire to experience. 
And so I weaponize my belief sparingly and by choice. And I determine my desires by meditating from higher consciousness, asking questions of it. Because when you ask questions, the answers will come without manipulating the answer to fit some pre-expectation. And holistically, I'm open to all these ideas, which then begin to, desire, to, to form into my, my desires. And then I check my desires to make sure, hey, do I want to live with this? And are they aligned with my, my um, articles of faith? Faith being my chosen beliefs? Because this is where I set my sense of morality, my subjective rationale for whatever action it is that I'm, I'm now willing to take. And morality, that's, a, that's an interesting word, isn't it? Again, let's, look at, let's be careful we define these things properly. It's been abused and, and appropriated to religion, and, and they have their sense of what it is and have used it as part of a whipping post for others that don't share in the same sense of morality. But morality refers to a set of principles and values and standards that guide human behavior and determine what is right and wrong or good or bad and or uh, just or unjust in in any given society or a given context. It is a system of beliefs about what is considered morally acceptable and unacceptable in society. And so morality provides individuals as well as communities with all of these guidelines for making ethical judgments and decisions in shaping their actions and interactions with each other. But as a KB, we take morality as our articles of faith, the things that we determine for ourselves that are good for us, that are an expression of the higher self in this in the world that we're living in. Mm-hmm. And so it encompasses this all these various aspects of our our human life, which includes our personal conduct and uh, our all of our social relationships. And we talk about all these things. In this podcast all the time, how to choose who you're going to spend time with. And, and then the broader implications of, of our actions. So morality includes, it includes uh, considerations of fairness. You know, what's fair between myself and the, and the next door neighbor or someone else. Or, you know, justice and compassion and empathy and all those things. Honesty, uh, integrity, respect for other people. Different cultures and religions and and philosophical traditions, they all have distinct moral frameworks that they work within, resulting in all of these variations in moral beliefs and practices across all these societies. So morality often involves distinguishing between right and wrong based on moral principles or even ethical theories uh, such as consequentialism, which focuses on the consequences of actions, which is fundamental, again, to being a successful KB, knowing uh, that there are consequences and there, there are ethics that are involved. But all this is important when we are choosing our highest expectations to make sure that we're not in conflict with the society that we're living in. You may be listening to this podcast in Sydney, Australia. You might be in Edinburgh, Scotland. But your society has expectations built into the framework of 
of the community that you live in and its expectations, which I would say that as a kinetic believer, you want to adopt those principles as long as they're not negative to the growth and development of your authentic self into your highest expectations for manifesting your, your best life. So it's a combination of all these approaches, and I think this is so important that, that we touch on it for just a moment to understand, because we're talking about journaling. Some of the things that we have to adopt into our, our um, articles of faith. I would also say here, Meg, that while morality can be influenced by our personal beliefs, uh, cultural norms, societal expectations generally aims to promote the well-being and the flourishing of, of the individuals and communities. So a proper KB, regardless of where it is that you live in the world, you're going to be doing the work that not only uh, in, manifests this this higher life and best life, one full of peace and prosperity and health into your own life, but you're also becoming a greater asset to the community that you are part of, wherever you are. Greek philosopher Epictetus said that it's better to live with one person of higher consciousness and to be calm and at peace than to lead some miserable life in the society of many, many other people. Let's work on some highest viewpoints. Mm, yes. Just say this and say it aloud. Say, all experiences are guideposts. All experiences are guideposts. For my best life. For my best life. I cast down fears. I cast down fears. And as I do. And as I do. I am strengthened and empowered. I am strengthened and empowered. I don't dwell on what I used to fear. I don't dwell on what I used to fear. Do you? <laughs> do you? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> And I don't, I don't hurry, and I don't worry. I don't hurry, I don't worry. I practice the feeling of being fearless. I practice the feeling of being fearless. Right now. Right now. Every day. Every day. All day. All day. I am fearless. I am fearless. In my present tense moment of now. In my present tense moment of now. My comfort zone. My comfort zone. Is my boldness. Is my boldness. To be brave. To be brave. And to be me. And to be me. All of my habits. All of my habits. All of them. All of them. Are now chosen by me. Are now chosen by me. I choose that habit. I choose that habit. And I choose that one. And I choose that one. And they are fearless. And they're fearless. And they are centered. They're centered. Within my purpose of genius. Within my purpose of genius. So I accept and I love myself. I accept and love myself. And I love my creator. And I love my creator. And I love you. And I love you. And all others. And all others. As they are. As they are. Oh, it is marvelous. It's marvelous. To be alive. To be alive. And to be me. And to be me. Wow. What a fabulous podcast, Steve. And it felt so good to be back here with all the kinetic believers. And I love thinking about how their observation of the podcast changes us and our observation of them changes them. And uh, that's a pretty good start to that cycle of kinetic belief that you were talking about. Mm, a cycle it is. And we've got some meetings coming up. I think we've got a lot of interesting, fun things on the horizon. We do. We should probably um, include those in the e-blast. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably do that. And yeah. we will. So many, so many exciting things. Yes. We're, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back with you, Meg, and, and uh, with all the KBs. Sending out so much love and so much light to all you KBs mm -hmm. all around the world. Yes. Thanks, as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.